Blessings, blessings, blessings. Hello, friends, and welcome to Charlie's Truth Podcast. My name is Charlie, and I'm a soul expressions guide and a magician. Yeah, make it happen. I am all about living and embracing truth. I'm all about us allowing ourselves to express the divine within. And so, today I am here with a new episode. So much gratitude to be here, and you know, this time around of coming to the podcast, I am trying out something new. I am writing out bullet points, and we're going to see how that goes, okay? Because I'm usually a person that just show up and just flow, okay? So we're going to see how that goes. And so today's episode is um, inspired by conversations that I've been having with individuals about their relationship with their mother. I believe that relationships can be complicated, but they are also great teachers. And they are also important, important for our growth, important for our evolution, important for our process, important for life. And they they matter. And they, they play such a, a pivotal part of our lives. And so... They are important, and family particularly, because there are so many expectations with this idea of family, with these labels, whether it's mother, daughter, sister, brother, cousin, aunt, uncle, grandparent, father, husband, child. You know, these labels put this expectation sometimes on us to behave, to be, to do, to show up in ways that we may not naturally want to do, but we feel encouraged inspired and a little pushed to act or behave in that certain way and so i personally have experienced that and have really shifted my mindset towards family um because of my experience in this lifetime with my family and it has also helped me kind of shift my perspective on relationships generally and to allow them to be what they are And so today specifically, I want to talk about my relationship with my biological mom. Um, Our relationship this day is so interesting to me in the sense that I appreciate it so much. And I just adore her so much. And it wasn't always this way. And in fact, we didn't have much of a relationship at all a year ago. And so I want to kind of talk about that and kind of like share with you some of the things I remembered by going through our process of reconnecting, of forgiving, of accepting, of allowing um, that her and I, well, at least I know I went through with her and with my process of reconnecting with her or connecting with her. And so I want to kind of title this Mother Me, right? I'm focusing, I focused on remembering my truth. I focused on my journey. And that, I believe, has helped me to have the relationship her and I have today. So, story time. I spent most of my childhood years in foster care. I was with my foster mom ever since I can remember until the age of 10. I honestly thought my foster mom was my biological mom until students at school told me that she wasn't and so I feel like I'm reading (laughs) something but I'm not anyhow and so I when I did get with my biological mom I was already 10 years old I had my own personality and everything else and you know I have older siblings 
and but something about me and my mom's relationship to me it always felt like she was a sibling like it just wasn't very authoritative it was very like chill she was like cool as hell she was a free spirit um she had her own thing going on but that was for her but a year within a year of returning back being um reunified with her my mom went back on drugs what ended up back on drugs like she went back to using and from there things just kind of snowballed and by the time I was like I want to say in middle school or my first couple of years of high school my first year of high school my mom was in and out the hospital um due to her mental diagnosis and so I really didn't have much time with her. And even when she was around, she was, like I said, she was in and out the streets. She ended up, you know, she was in the streets on and off. Then she was in the hospital, you know. So her and I never really had that connection. And I always kind of felt like, you know, she was trying to buy my love, like by giving me things and, and, and allowing me to have all these materialistic things that somehow that equated to love for her. But for me, I just didn't feel it. I just didn't see it. And so life went on. I ended up leaving home at 17. Um, my mom was just still using drugs. And there was just so much happening in that house. And when I say things like, you know, stealing from me, um, things that weren't even mine that I was holding for other people sometimes. And just like, um, you know, just the things that happened. I think the biggest thing for me was like, stealing or just not knowing what to expect or not knowing what I was coming home to it just felt like very it was just no security and no safety I really felt and by this time by the time I'm in high school and ending high school my brother my older brother had already left home and my sister had already moved out and she had her own family and she had a child and so it was just like me and my mom and it just didn't feel comfortable and I got to a space where I just didn't feel safe I didn't feel like it was necessary and I kind of I finished high school at 17 and so I decided to just leave and at the time I moved in with my partner and you know and it's interesting because I remember being younger and I would say so as I turn 18, I'm leaving. I'm leaving when I turn 18. And I'm leaving because for me, I felt like I didn't want my parents, my mother or my father, um, choices to impact my life anymore. I personally was over it. I did not want to deal with the consequences of their actions. And so I move out at 17 or whatever. And um, at the time, I had a girlfriend. And I remember my sister telling me, like, don't tell mom, like, she already made comments about, like, I guess my mom wasn't happy with the idea of me dating a woman. And so I was just like, all right, whatever. Like, we don't have that relationship anyway. And I thought that was quite interesting because, like, my mom is, like, very open. But I guess, like, she still had her ideas of what is acceptable and what's not. But neither here nor there. So my mom and I never really talked much after that. I was more in contact with my sister and... I don't know like I saw her I ended up going to the military um, at 21 and I did see her before I went into the military she actually went with us downtown for me to officially go like to the recruitment office to kind of like officially turn myself in <laughs> I know that's weird I don't know if that's the right way but show up for so I can start boot camp but whatever um, so my mom ended up going with us there or whatever so she was there but like I don't really remember talking to her much while I was in the military. And so I was in for four years. And so anywho, I knew I felt like me and my mom, 
we just couldn't stay in contact like even when she would reach out it wouldn't last long like we would lose contact within a week or if i would reach out and try to like have this relationship with her it just our connection just wouldn't last like one of us would just like no longer be in contact or be hard to stay in contact with or it just seemed very rough and or challenging for us and i really started to believe and i think it may be earlier than um than the military but i started to believe like okay maybe i was maybe she was meant to bring me in this world but maybe she wasn't meant to mother me you know maybe that just wasn't her role and i didn't know what that meant at the time but i believed that i was like maybe that's just not her role maybe her role was simply to be a vessel for god and that was it <laughs> so keep it moving and, and i think like maybe it was during my time in the military because that's when i started to get into christianity a little more and a little into independently and so maybe that was the time where I started to, like, really try to understand things and question things and also find some kind of, like, connection or understanding. Um, I also would go to therapy. And I felt like even in therapy, it was this narrative that my mom was this bad person and that she did these, did these bad things and she should have made new choices and all these or made different choices or she should have stopped using drugs or she should have been taking her meds or whatever other narrative. But there was always this narrative as if I was this victim, you know, and, and it was such a strong narrative. And I heard it so often from so many spaces. And so I went on with life or whatever. I don't really remember talking much to my mom. I remember after I got out of the military and at some point I ended up moving to California for law school. I do remember not feeling well for like months. And I feel and my spirit told me, you need to go and talk to your mother. And so I go to New York to talk to her, to tell her, like, basically, this is how I feel. Like, I, I have hurt so much because of your choices. And I just want you to acknowledge it. Like, I don't even need you to apologize. There's nothing, you don't need to apologize. I just want you to hear me. Because I think for so many years, no, I personally never wanted to say anything because I felt like I would be ignored. I felt like I would be blamed. And I also felt like it was this idea, like, you live through it, you get over it, right? Because my dad had personally said that to me. It's like, get over it. Um, but that kind of pain, it kind of sits in your body, right? It, your body keeps score of that kind of trauma, that kind of... Um, abandonment probably issues right if we want to call it that or like this idea that um, of just feeling so many things like one thing for sure I kind of felt like if my mom and my dad could leave me or come and go as they please what made me think anybody else would stick around the people that the world tells me will ride or die for me is actually like making me feel the most insecure of it all so, like, where is the truth of any of this, right? And then you have people telling you, like, you only get one mom. You you need to cherish her. And all these other ideas of how your relationship should be or what it should look like and how you should behave and how hard you should work to create that relationship, how hard you should work to make that relationship work even when it doesn't serve you, even when it's unhealthy. And I think for me, this idea of my mom coming and going out of my life was unhealthy as hell. Because every time I will be, I will feel grounded, the rug will be pulled again, you know? And so I didn't have the tools back then to really understand and really navigate that, that part of my life or navigate that relationship. But life went on. <laughs> it did. And so I continued on, um, on my life journey. And so, like I said, like I went to go talk to my mom while... You know, I wasn't feeling well. Spirit told me to go talk to her. I took a flight. It was a three-day weekend. I took a flight to New York from Cali 
my mom was actually in the hospital but like she was doing well and so I went and had a talk with her and I basically was telling her about my hurt and pain she was like you should apologize to me for bringing your girlfriend in my house and I was like I was so taken aback like what apologize for what we're talking about something that happened when I was 17 and you're talking about some I'm talking about something that happened way younger you're talking about 17 years old so that's the blame for all of what and so, like, I I didn't even argue with it. I mean, after the fact, I was like, what the fuck? But I knew it didn't have anything to do with me. Even at that time, I knew it had nothing to do with me. And I knew in that moment, it was time for me to let go. There was no need for me to hold on to the narrative. There was no need for me to try to blame her. There was no need for me to want to be a victim anymore. I was okay with her perspective of things and her need or desire to create whatever her reasoning was and for her to live through that. I was okay with that, but I felt peace knowing I finally spoke up. Even if it was going to be rejected, I spoke up, which is something I wouldn't usually do because I feared being rejected. I feared not being heard. I feared being misconstrued mis, mis, um, on what I'm being said, right? Or someone like just um, saying like, you don't know what you're talking about or kind of gaslighting me or like creating this other narrative that make me look like I was the one that messed up. Or I, I am the reason for my own pain or whatever else. And like, you know, we can, we can go back and forth about, not back and forth, but we can pr- have different perspectives about that. But the reality was I was still a young adult and I was still pretty young. And I was trying to find answers and clarity and understanding in order for me to, to just feel like life made sense. And so I went on with my life. I, I told her not to contact me until she was ready to have a conversation and able to see my, able to listen to my perspective. And so I just left, you know, she was angry. She was cursing at me. She was yelling. I kind of just walked out and I just didn't turn back. And she, once I got back to Cali, she ended up calling me like it was like nothing happened. And I was just like, Hey, you know, I really just don't want to talk to you. And you know, from there we didn't speak. We didn't speak for a while after that for years. And the only contact I would have was through my sister just to know how she was doing for the time that me and my sister was in contact. Because a lot happened in in this journey, right? Not only was my relationship with my mom quite challenging, but also my relationship with my sister was very surface level. And I had issues with that because um, her and I was, wasn't in foster care together, only me and my brother. And so... There was just so much within our relationship that just, I mean, within our family that a lot could be set for. A lot of healing um, was, could be done and needs to, and for me, it needed to be done. For me, in order for me to live this idea of freedom and, and being liberated, I needed, I wanted and needed to face my truth. I needed to face those things that I was like kind of holding and storing in my body because I was too afraid or too ashamed to actually pay attention, to actually hear what it really had to say to me, to actually see that, you know, I felt like rejected. I felt all these feelings. I felt shame. I didn't understand like any of it. And so I was holding on to a lot of emotions that I didn't want to talk about, that I didn't know how to talk about. And it just, I didn't have the tools or the resources because yes, I was going to therapy and yes, we were saying the same stories over and over, but no one was really getting me beyond this idea of you had a a challenging childhood. It makes sense that you're, it makes sense that all these, um, all these feelings, it makes sense, right? 
but no one was telling was helping me to know or to learn what to do with that right we kept bringing it up but it was going nowhere there was no healing in it it was just bringing it to the surface with no tools how to process it with no tools how to have a different perspective with no tools how to really um walk yourself through those feelings and let them and allow yourself to feel them and to mother yourself and to nurture yourself okay and to be kind and compassionate with yourself to tell the inner child that she is safe now right and allow that inner child that usually um is triggered and and causes anxiety and have you feeling anxious to know that she is finally safe that she is safe that you got her back and so I still didn't have those tools, and I remember one day, um, so life goes on, let's, let's back up, so life goes on, and I'm still not really talking to my mom, and I end up moving to D.C., then moving back to New York, and still, at this time, I'm not talking to anybody in my family, so I'm not really talking to, um, I mean, I'm talking to my brother, but, like, not really, like, we off and on, but, like, I'm not speaking to my mom, I'm not talking to my my sister, my maternal sister, I'm not really much talking to my dad. I'm not really much talking to my aunt or my cousins. Um, I was just really not talking to anyone. And I also felt, because that was my norm anyway, growing up in foster care, I really didn't have family like constantly in my life. It was my norm. But I know I couldn't, I couldn't help but feel like I wish things were differently. I knew I wanted things to be differently. As much as I was accepting that they weren't or allowing, what my life to be what it was I knew I wish things were different and so I went on my journey and and you know by and by 2017 I want to say my life took a super turn where I got so depressed that I started having suicidal thoughts and at that point spirit said to me you don't have to live like this you are choosing and i was also in therapy at the time and another thing spirit told me it was that it's time to heal so i go into therapy and i'm like i need to heal and the therapist is like well how do you do that i don't fucking know right so she's like how do you do that i'm like i don't know right and so but i journey on anyway right because spirit already made clear that i need to heal and that i can make new choices one of the choices was leave my job because clearly i didn't want to I, I knew I didn't want to do legal work, and I definitely didn't want to be with the organization I was with. That was clear to me. I was not happy, and not only was I not happy, it was just not in alignment anymore. It served its purpose, and it was time for me to walk in faith, and that's what I did. And so as I journeyed on and I had that moment, my life just started shifting. Everything changed, right? Like, now I'm going through this awakening where I'm, like, questioning everything, where I'm aware more. I'm learning about the ego. Because um, I had a friend say, kill the ego and you'll be free. And then I realized, no, I need to manage my ego. And that's how I'm going to get liberated, right? And so as time goes on, this has been since twenty, the end of 2017. This journey, that part of the journey has started and has been. And I am constantly just relearning and rediscovering and, and remembering my truth. And part of that truth was with my mother like I started my healing journey 
in 2017 intentionally in a sense that I knew what was going on it wasn't just showing up for therapy it wasn't just meditating it wasn't just journaling like these had different purposes and intentions and they were very specific because spirit was guiding and leading me every step of the way and I was also learning about the spiritual community, right? And so I was get, I was finally getting res, resources. I was finally receiving tools. And that is what helped me start to my healing journey. And I have been all in since, right? And learning how to allow my emotions to, to be, right? And really allowing them to process and, 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 and loving myself and nurturing myself and mothering myself. But what I want to say is that last year... I think the first time I talked to my mom was probably my 31st birthday. And so that was about two years ago. And our conversation started then. This has been the longest I have had my mother constantly in my life from my 32nd birthday, no, my 31st birthday to now. And when I say our relationship is so different, it's so loving. My mom has even apologized to me for things that happened that I may or may not have been aware of and said sorry and told me what she was going through. And I didn't ask for an apology. I didn't even bring it up. She decided on her own to apologize and she said sorry. And she told me what she was experiencing at the time. And she explained to me how challenging life is and like what kind of things she's going through. And at that moment, because before that I had already acknowledged like before she's a mother, she's a person. And I had already taken off that title of mother in order for me to recognize and see her as another individual, just to see her as a person. Because I think sometimes, one thing I say, and I don't know where if I heard this from somewhere, but I heard that, but I say often, the world can be so unforgiving to parents. It's as if the moment you become a mother, you are expected to like be superhuman. You are expected to not make mistakes. You are expected to do everything that is best for your child. And I'm not saying it's wrong or right, but what I'm saying is that sometimes I think that we forget that these are human beings. And specifically, with my mom, human beings with trauma. Trauma and they don't have the tools. They don't have the tools to process it and whether or not you put them on meds, there's no other intervention. So she's still not getting to the root of whatever is causing these symptoms. Okay, and so it's just so much happening that we aren't really talking about within the community, within the medical field, okay? But yet and still, we, 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 we keep saying we have solutions, but we're focused on very surface level things like symptoms and not root causes. So if we don't deal with the cause, how we, don't you think that the symptoms are going to keep coming back? Okay, and so... In our process, like, we are talking more. We're talking candidly, right? We're calling each other out and in. And, you know, she's even helping me really get a new perspective on mental health diagnosis and really getting a new perspective of what it's like to, from her point of view, what it's like to live with a mental illness and also be told about that you have to take medication and being threatened when you don't take it, you know? And so... Let's be sure, I have talked to her about this. She has allowed me to tell her her my perspective about her journey. So I did ask because I think it's so important to respect other people's um, journeys, even though it is partly my journey too. Um, but yeah, I did ask her. She was like, absolutely. Like she's uh, She can be such a sweetheart. And at the same time, she has so much trauma that, that surfaces and tri is triggered often. And so 
our relationship is just so much different. And, like, there were so many times where I had come to the point where I was just like, she's just not going to be in my life, you know, because, like, I can't make you want to be a parent. I can't make you want a relationship with me. I don't know what I did, but I can't make you want to be in my life. I thought that about my mom. I think that about my dad. I can't force it, and I don't want to force it because I want both of you guys to be happy. This fucking world can is violent, okay? It is violent, and the systems that are in place and the expectations of us and these unwritten rules and these ideas of how we have to behave okay and these rules of how you have to live and the things you have to pay for and what you have to do to get it okay this is a violent ass world this go go we all machines mentality it's rough okay it's challenging so i can't imagine what it's like for my mother and father who i know both grew up in very traumatizing environments to get out of those environments and then find themselves in new structures and new worlds that is asking and demanding and pulling and pulling them to do a million and eight things while not even having a moment to fucking breathe. They've been in survival mode and yet now they have kids. And so all they know and be taught to do is survive and now they're just surviving. And whether that means that I'm gonna turn to drugs, whether that means I'm gonna be a, 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 a workaholic whether that means I just need to get money so I'm never broke or whether that means like I just don't want to feel the pain and I don't want to deal with the memories that's coming up for me. So this is how I'm going to deal, right? And instead of taking those meds that make me feel like I'm fucking dead inside, I need an upper. Give me an upper. Remind me that I'm alive. Help me feel alive, you know? And so I don't know if that's how it is, but I can just imagine, you know, the, the 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 battle the internal battle okay that people go through and i mean my mom did share with me you know what drugs do for her and how they support her journey and help her through and like i hear a lot of times like when her symptoms come up i feel her inner child yelling and screaming and feeling as if it doesn't have the inner child just doesn't have a choice the inner child just feels like it's not being taken care of or it feels like it's being backed in a corner and it's just yelling and screaming and breaking down. Um, and that sometimes it's aggressive, you know, and, and, and it's pushing back and it's protecting itself, itself um, in a different way. And so there's just so much I've been learning these last couple of months on top of the fact that now I'm in social work school and I also was working at uh, Bronx Psychiatric Center so I've been learning so much already and then like me and my mom is at a new place in our lives where I have so much compassion for her and I thought I had compassion for her as I was healing and I learned to have compassion for myself. I thought I was gaining compassion for her anyway um, and ba basically becoming understanding and I, was for I forgave her before she even asked for forgiveness. I forgave her before she even came back into my life, you know, because it was... It was for me. I was forgiving her for me. And just because I forgave her doesn't mean... I remember someone asked me, well, if you forgive her, why don't you talk to her? And I'm like, because that's not our relationship. It's not about... Forgiveness isn't about reconciliation. It isn't about let me forgive you so you can be back in my life. I'm not mad at anyone. But she doesn't want to talk. I'm not really inspired to talk. What are we going to talk about? 
you know, I love her. I'm here when she needs me. She knows where to find me. And I can find a way to reach her when I'm ready. But there was really nothing to discuss or talk about until she reached out. And we literally just started building a relationship by not having expectations. Because, I mean, when she came back in my life when I was 31, I just expected she was going to come and go. Because <laughs> that's what we do. You know, that's our that was our history for, in my mind. But the fact that we're still talking two years later and, you know, spirit really does protect me when it comes to me and her relationship because she doesn't always have access to me. And not because she doesn't want to, but because I really do think that spirit intervenes and, and really, like, monitors her and our relationship. Because there's certain things that she'll do that I won't hear from her, but my sister will. Like, if she's out in the streets and, and doing whatever and doing substance or whatever... She will not contact me, but my sister will know. Mind you, this is someone who calls me every day <laughs> at a certain time. And then she'll just, like, not speak to me. And then when she comes back, she's just like, hey, where you been? I've been trying to call you. And I'm like, have you? But it just lets me know that even in me just opening myself back up and not being fearful, that spirit got my, got my back and that I'm not doing this by myself and that I don't, I don't personally have expectations for us. I'm just really happy that I even get to witness this kind of healing. And I get to witness this kind of transformation. Because let me tell you, my relationship with my sister is so fucking amazing. I believe that our healing, both of us, even her awakening, her journey, is like so interesting to, to witness and watch. But what I had to do was let go of my expectation of how everyone should behave. How my sister should behave, how my mom should be, how my brother should be how any of them should be and I had to just focus on myself do what I can control and if something a relationship just wasn't serving me I chose to not be in it and I got to a place where it wasn't I wasn't doing it because I was angry I wasn't doing it because oh they're this kind of person I was doing it because I was like this feels good this feels aligned I need to let people go and live their lives and stop trying to save everyone and just like let people live and let myself live give myself permission to live and that's what i did and so i want to talk about just some of the things i remembered one of them was to let go let go of expectations let go of narratives let go of roles this idea that because you're a mother you have to act this way or be this way or do this way i really want to challenge you or encourage you or put the question out there if they were just another human being, right, without the label of mom or dad, how do you see them? How do you really see them? What do you notice? Can something else be at the root of their behavior? How did they grow up? How was they raised? What kind of support did they have around them? Where are they in their journey? How do they practice awareness? Are they self-aware? Do they question themselves? Are they open to, to challenging their own perspectives? Like, where are they on their journey? You know? And what are your expectations? What are the narratives that you're saying? And what are the roles? And if we shifted any of that, would the narrative be different? And if so, why not change the narrative? And it isn't about being delusional, but it's accepting things or allowing things as they are. And just letting it be, letting it go. The other thing, the second thing is allow, right? 
It is what it is. You have this idea of what you feel like your parents should be or what they should do, but they're not that. They're not that. So taking that into consideration that what your idea of how things should be is not the current reality, how can we move forward with that truth? How can we move forward with that current belief or that current reality? Okay? And allow people to be. Release your values, expectations, and beliefs on who they should be and let them be themselves. Right? People aren't asking you for approval to be. They just asking that you accept them. Okay? One thing to keep in mind is that when we resist, we create suffering. So suffering in a sense is a choice. Right? To the to the extent that you are able to choose to control certain things, right? Because there are certain situations within the brain, within the body that may make it more difficult to accept things or to see things differently. I acknowledge that. But to the extent possible, can we keep in mind that when we resist, we are creating more suffering? Sit with that. Pay attention to those moments when you resent and see how it feels. If you pay attention and sit within your body, you will notice the pain of that resistance. You will feel the literal block that is being created every time you resist. Sit in. Connect with your body. You will you can feel it. My other thing is allow by allowing people to be who they are, that does not mean that you have to keep them in close proximity. Just because I accepted or allowed my mom to be who she is, who she's going to be, as she is where she is, didn't mean that I had to have her in my life. Right? Just because I forgave her didn't mean that I had to keep her that, that I had to be in relations with her. Or I had to keep up with her. No, that is my choice, right? And I, I want to encourage you to make your own choices, right? And five, boundaries are acts of self-love, right? Like I go back to like as much as I forgave her, I just wasn't interested in a relationship. Like I just didn't feel like that was the time. It, it just wasn't necessary. And not only was it necessary, I didn't desire it. I didn't want it anymore, right? Because whatever I was seeking from her, I eventually learned to give it to myself. And so boundaries are acts of self-love. Number six, it's okay to feel hurt. I really want to encourage you to mourn, to grieve. I think sometimes we forget that there's so many deaths happening while we are alive. And it is a natural part of the cycle, natural part of the experience for us to grieve, for us to mourn. Mourn these ideas that we had, these stories that we had. Mourn what isn't, what was, what could have been. Whatever it is, mourn it. Let it go. Feel that pain. Allow that pain or whatever else you're going to experience to come up and meet it with a smile. Meet it with a hug. Hold on to yourself. Love all over yourself. Pour into yourself and let yourself know that everything I desire, I already am. Everything I'm seeking outside of myself, I already have. Okay, and so the other thing is process what comes up, right? Allow whatever needs to die and transition to do so. Let it transition. Number seven, just because the idea of the relationship isn't what you desire doesn't mean a relationship won't or don't exist. I know I personally got caught up in, I used to say, I don't have a traditional relationship with my mother. 
And I remember someone said, well, what do you mean? What's traditional? Like, who are you allowing to tell you what's traditional? Right? So you have a relationship with your mom. You have to step back a minute, give yourself a chance, and, and revisit that relationship. Revisit how you perceive that relationship. And that really helped me to also acknowledge that all these narratives and these stories and these standards I had was created within the society, within my upbringing. It was programmed within me. And it was also causing me a lot of suffering and hurt and pain. But if I took a step back, right, disconnected or detached from these narratives, these, these ideas of how things should be, then I can really give myself an opportunity to shift. I can give myself an opportunity to grow. I can give myself an opportunity to heal. And I can give myself an opportunity to create something new, to allow the relationship to transition. So whatever relationship I thought I had with my mom, however I perceived it, this new transitioning of our relationship is something that I couldn't even have dreamed of. To be honest, like, I don't even know where I would have gathered this idea for the relationship we have. I think I would have limited it. I would have been like, there's no way she can ever see her, you know, she could see her wrong, right? Quote, unquote, her wrong. There's no way she can see my perspective. Whatever narrative I would have created in my bitterness, okay? Um, not saying that my feelings, my feelings were very, very, like, what they were. Like, they were... There was nothing wrong with how I felt, right? Like, I'm trying to think of the word to say. But yeah, there was nothing wrong with how I felt. But at the same time, I know that they aren't, they weren't, now that I look back, hindsight is 2020, they weren't facts, you know? And and I don't have an issue with saying like, hey, that's how I felt before, and this is how I feel now about it. But what's beautiful about that, it lets me know that I don't need to hold on to any narrative. That any narrative about anything I have can be shifted and changed, right? So in that in that way, I'm reminded: be slow to be slow to confirm. Be slow to confirm, okay? Be slow to confirm, but stay open. Remain open, but be slow to confirm, because everything isn't facts. It's just a perspective, and there's probably so many different perspectives about what was happening, especially when we're talking about perspectives, because our perspective is, is really based on our conditioning. And so the next one is, number eight, is your values, beliefs, expectations are yours, and they are valid, okay? Just like my emotions were always valid, but that wasn't the only truth, right? There were so many truths. At the time, that was my truth, that was my reality, right? But now, it has morphed into something different. It has morphed into a whole ass lesson. Right, It has grown. It has birthed new ideas, new perspectives, new versions of myself. I've been able to integrate that part of myself with the version of me today that has given me a new perspective on life and also remind me of hope all the time. Remind me that this too shall pass or things can change at any moment. And so I'm not married to any idea or perspective of life because I know that this too can, this too can may pass. Right, This too can change. And right, so our values, beliefs, and expectations are yours, and they are valid. However, they are for you. So trying to hold all of us to your values, beliefs, and expectations will, will likely leave you feeling disappointed because we're not going to live up to your expectations. We're not going to always live up to your values because we may not value the same thing. We're not the same exact person. We're expressing the divine in a different way. And my life and soul lesson is different from yours. So what I'm going to learn and gather and perceive is so different from you. 
right? And it doesn't make me wrong or you right or you wrong or, and I'm right. It just is, right? And so allowing us to have our space to be who we are and, and just making choices from there, all right? So number nine, take care of you. Put yourself first unapologetically. I've seen so many faces frown up at the idea of me not talking to my mom. And there were times where I too thought I was doing something wrong. But when I look back now, it was the best thing I could have did for myself and for her. And I can't really speak for her, right? But for myself. Because now when we talk, like, she's just so open-minded. She's so supportive. And we have conversations. I, I definitely thought, like, some things about my lifestyle, especially my spirituality, that she wouldn't be open to. And she's taught me so much about our spiritual history, about our family's past, about hoodoo and, and candle magic and what she knows. And she's, you know, she acknowledges, she tells me all the time, like, you're a healer, you're a healer. Like, you know, and it's just so interesting that, you know, I get to just be, and her reminds me, like, you, you listen to me. I love talking to you. You give me another perspective, right? So our relationship is still that she feels like a sibling to me don't get me wrong but like it's so different like our relationship feels so much more honest it feels so much more loving it feels so much more gentle it doesn't feel like i'm hiding it doesn't i hope she doesn't feel like she has to hide and so it just feels so different it's just so fucking loving and it's just so pure it just feels so good within my body um and, it, and, I, and i'm okay with it and um I know that it's it's still transitioning, it's still shifting and changing, but I honestly am just so happy that our relationship is where it is now, um, because I just don't know. I just I just I just don't know if I would have expected anything different or wanted anything different. Um, but I'm so grateful for it. Whatever it is, how long it lasts, I'm going to appreciate it while it's here, and I'll appreciate it forever. Um, and just to be able to experience our relationship at this point um, is just so special to me. And not feeling like, you know, it's just me and her relationship. It's not my brother, my sister. Their relationship is so different than my, me and hers, <laughs> for sure. But it's just so beautiful to have my own relationship with her in a way that we both cultivated it. And this is not something that the society pushed on us, but we together have cultivated it. And even when, like, her doctors try to get me involved in a way that, like, I'm like, no, I finally realized that I felt like I was being part of the oppressor, the oppressor um, in her life and, and, and causing violence towards her when she's already been through so much trauma. And just like really, I mean, I, I'm still navigating our relationship now, right? Because I did start to notice how overprotective I was becoming of her, her inner child. Every time I saw her react or respond, it was like really sad to witness um, just the pain she's in. Uh, and, and feeling like no one's really helping her. They're just trying to, like, take this meds and it should stop you from doing this. But it doesn't help the fact that there's just, there's so much stuck energy within her. How do we help her move through that? And, and it's just so many questions I have. And so um, she's been talking to me a lot. And I do feel like her conversations and even talking about her childhood is really uh, part of her journey. And I'm just so grateful that I finally feel like I have tools. Um, for myself, and I'm I'm always asking Spirit, how can I support her? How can I support her? And I'm I just want to really encourage anyone who I don't know what your relationship with your parents look like or any member of your family, but one thing I have learned on this journey is to focus on me. If you take nothing else away from this, the whole purpose was what I learned was that I had to let go. 
trying to force the relationship, trying to make someone see my point of view um, at that time, it just wasn't helping me. It just it just was causing for me more suffering for myself and for the individual, not just my mom. I would say that for my sister. I would say that for my other family members. But now, like, all of our... I am good with everybody. <laughs> and had you asked me that years ago, because I've always been a little special, um, definitely been a little special. And so I get everybody's perspective of me. <laughs>, laughs. Um, but because I was able to do my own inner work, I can come to them with an open heart, without judgment, um, and without blaming them, um, and being able to witness to that, like me, they too have a story and they too have a journey that they're navigating. They too have a soul, a soul contract. And it's not for me to tell them when to wake up or how to wake up or what to do or what not to do. That's not my role, right? Unless I'm invited to support them on that journey, I'm not going to push myself, but I will love them. And that doesn't mean I'm going to hang out with you every day or come and see you, but like, I'll love you. I'll love you. I'll be kind to you. And I'll, I'll answer the phone and allow you to vent and get that energy out. Um, and let that energy process in a way it needs to. Um, and I'm just really grateful. I am. And I feel like my healing journey has done so much for my family. And all of us are just in such different places. And it's just so beautiful to witness and watch. Um, and I got a reading, too. And a reading told me the same thing. Like, part of my work here. It's to work on my fam my my family line, the, the maternal side of it, um, or the female side of it, uh, however, female energy of it. And I also was told in a past life reading that my mom was my brother in a past life. So it really, like, made me chuckle and laugh because I was like, I keep telling people, like, I, I feel these things and I say them with very confidence, but, like, I just be knowing. And I think, like, by doing the work, for myself and focusing on myself and focusing on my journey and and stop being distracted and caught up in trying to control other people or control how they're behaving or acting or how they're aligning or not aligning with the systems that are in place or the societal standards, I've been able to take care of myself. And by taking care of myself, I truly do believe that I'm healing generations, okay? I'm part of the healing of generations. And I feel it, I see it, I'm experiencing it. And so I come here to share that story. Story time is always good. To share that, I don't know about good. That's my perspective. But story time, um, to share that, that share my that part of my life journey with you all. Because I really did notice that when I do talk about it to people and, and tell them about my experience and tell them about what I've learned, it has helped people to at least find peace in that moment, right? And I think that every time that moment comes up, you know, there's a way for you to allow that energy to arise and for you to res to respond to it in whichever way you feel aligned to in that moment. Um, but if this is going to help you in any way, sit in peace, sit in uh, allowance, sit in acceptance, sit in joy, sit in the fact that you are worthy of whatever it is that you desire in this world and of love, of peace, of joy, and that I, I trust that you will get that, you know, and you, not that you will get that, bump that, that you have that. And I pray that whatever is blocking you from witnessing and experiencing that energy of abundance, of love, of joy, of peace, that it comes up so it can be healed, okay? And be healed in a way that is gentle, loving, and kind to yourself as well as to others. And so I send love out to you. And I thank you for sitting with me during this time. And I thank you for being with me. And I pray that this message really sits with you. 
and that you know that you are so worthy and so deserving. And before we go, right in front of me, I have an affirmation and I'm just going to read it. And it says, I love myself totally in the now. Healing means to make whole and to accept all parts of myself, not just parts I like, but all of me. I want you to know that you are already whole, right? And there may be some things that's making your energy feel like you're not whole or complete or feeling like you're you're in different places at one time. Um, there's a way to align that energy. And I know for me, I didn't always feel like I had the tools, but I want you to have the tools. And some of that really is your mindset, really taking a step back for a moment and really reevaluating, really sitting with yourself and asking yourself, where does this narrative come from? And is it true? And can there be another perspective? And this isn't to ignore what you're feeling. Feel what you feel. This isn't to annoy, ignore your pain. Feel your fucking pain, okay? Okay, is valid. It's very valid. Your feelings are valid. Your every is valid, right? But there, that doesn't mean that there is not other perspectives. There's not other ways to look at it, okay? And and when you start questioning these thoughts that are coming up and these patterns, you will notice the shift. And I pray that as you notice that shift, that you become inspired to continue on this journey because it is forever right it does not stop it goes on and on and on it probably goes on to more lifetimes so the good thing is that there's no final destination that you can just give yourself the grace that you are worthy of and be kind to yourself throughout this process so i want you to know that i love you i'm here for you i support you and if you ever want to find me i'm over at charlie's truth llc that's c-h-a-r-l-i-i-e-s on um ig and I also have a page that's for my magician work, right? My Etsy shop, which is Hello Eclectic Souls. And yeah, you can just hit me up. You can even message me on here. So if you're on Anchor, I don't know about the other one. But if you're on Anchor, you can definitely message me here. Either way, I love you. I'm so grateful for the space. I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to share this with you. And I pray that it supports you in some way, somehow whatever and if there's any tools or anything specifically you want to know about please be sure to slide up in my dms because i am more than happy to continue to talk about this and i'm definitely working on having a workshop surrounding this if you are into that if you like that idea of having like a, a circle a spiritual circle or a chat about this you know hit me up let me know that you're in, in, in that you're interested in that way i'll get it out sooner okay so once i know that there's a need for it or a desire for it uh it might it might inspire me to like move a little quicker to make it a priority so anywho i love you love you love you love you i'm so grateful for this space i'm so grateful for this time and i pray that this really did help you in some way or give you some kind of understanding support you in your guidance whatever it did i pray that yeah spirit is just clear that whatever you was meant to receive you did and so i thank you for that i thank spirit for that i thank our beloveds for that and i thank our um guys that are here for our highest and greatest good for that and so i pray that you be blessed and so it is ashe love you